Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Lisa Brady. Reaction to the Supreme Court term that just finished on Thursday is reverberating around the country and the world, especially on the issue of abortion. States are moving to block or expand access, and the president is calling again for Congress to act while describing the court's decisions as destabilizing. He's also vowing action to keep his climate agenda moving after a ruling that limits the power of the Environmental Protection Agency to cap greenhouse gas emissions from power plants. One of two final rulings before Justice Breyer's retirement Retirement took effect, and Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson was sworn in. Thursday's other decision was a win for the president, clearing the way to end President Trump's remain-in-Mexico policy for asylum seekers. We talk about rulings and ripple effects with Fox News chief legal correspondent Shannon Bream, who's also host of Fox News at Night and the Live in the Bream podcast. Edits were made for time, and we thought you might like to hear the whole thing. So thanks for listening, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to the weekday Fox News Rundown podcast. Now here's Shannon Bream on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Obviously, it's been quite a term for the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, They have had many consequential terms, though. Can you put this one into context for us? Gosh, this term, they were not afraid to go head on at very difficult issues. And I I feel like they're already signaling they're going to do that next term, too. We haven't recovered from this one just yet. But when you have a term that goes to the merits of guns in the Second Amendment, abortion and Roe v. Wade, um, religious freedom, executive power, I mean, this has been one for the history books, I would say, not only on the topics covered, but the number of leaks and strange things that we had extraneous to the decisions themselves. It has been... I'd say the busiest, most chaotic, frenetic um, Supreme Court term I've covered in 15 years. Now, the term ended with a win and a loss for the president. Let's take remain in Mexico first. He has a Mm -hmm. basically a green light now to end that Trump era policy that required many asylum seekers to stay south of the border while seeking asylum. There's already a surge underway at the border, though. What's the reasoning for this decision? Well, it all goes back to the executive power and the administrative uh, power that various administrations have. I mean, we saw the fight over the DACA executive action that President Obama took. President Trump tried to get rid of it. That went to the Supreme Court. Um, And the court was very clear that there have to be procedures that are followed. So when the Biden administration came in, they wanted to get rid of the Trump era remain in Mexico policy. They tried two different times. They were struck down by lower courts who said you didn't get it right. But ultimately today, the Supreme Court said um, this administration followed the, the procedures that they had to. And based on, you know, the contours of the statute and what it says about how many people you can detain or detaining people in general versus sending them away. Um, they found the Biden administration did enough to get this right. And that means remain in Mexico goes away. 
Though I guess we should add the caveat that it, it technically goes back to lower courts for review, it does. right? Yes, there is more litigation to go on. But based on the guidance we got from the Supreme Court, it appears that what the lower courts will have to do is essentially find the same end result that remain in Mexico goes away. But you're right. There is litigation to follow. Hmm. The other final ruling seems to deal a, a blow to the president's climate agenda, limiting the EPA's authority to regulate emissions, at least when it comes to power plants. How much does this tie the EPA's hands? It was a pretty pretty bold statement that we got from the court. And essentially, they're looking at what's called a major question. So if an administrative agency uh, has regulations and they're setting up a new program, The court essentially found this one was way too sweeping for the EPA to do on its own. It said something of this import would either have to be done by Congress directly or Congress would have to specifically enumerate this exact task, these exact words to the EPA. And finding that that didn't happen in this case, they said the EPA had gone too far in this sweeping carbon emissions plan that they had. Uh, The dissent was written by Justice Kagan, joined by um, now retired Justice Breyer and Justice Sotomayor and said, essentially, that the court, she argued, had put itself in the place of the decision makers, um, either an expert agency on this issue or of Congress, and she called it frightening. So clearly no agreement on that issue. Um, Two split decisions, one for and one against the administration. Hmm. But I guess really to be continued on that front as well, because it's basically suggests to Congress, hey, you know, you Mm -hmm. could do something to change this going forward. One of the interesting things about the biggest decisions is that they're not really the last word in all respects, even before the president's remarks about the filibuster rule in the Senate on Mm -hmm. abortion. Overturning Roe was leading to new or renewed fights at the state level, right? Right, right, exactly. And that's what I think some people who maybe um, aren't as enamored with covering the inner workings of the court as we are. I had a guy stop me on a plane last week saying like, oh, does this mean abortion's illegal? And I said, no, what this means is it goes back to the states, exactly like you said. So we see these fights playing out now. A number of states had passed so-called trigger laws in both directions, some um, nearly outlawing all abortions, others saying abortion uh, without question up through the ninth month. So the restrictions are now immediately being challenged in state courts. And we've seen some of the judges put those state trigger laws on hold until they can have hearings, meaning that legal abortions will continue in some of those states. And um, we've got others that are, you know, the the it'll take a little bit more time for them to get to the merits of these trigger laws. Um, but that's what we'd expect is that now these battles turn back to the states. And that's where the court said, the majority at least, that this should have been handled all along, this particular issue. Interesting, too, that in some of those state cases, it's still a constitutional question, only now it's about the state constitution. Exactly. <laughs> were exactly. You, were you surprised by Justice Clarence Thomas's concurring opinion on the Roe decision? Because it seemed to say just what supporters of Roe had been warning, that overturning Roe could lead to eroding other privacy rights. Yeah, I think what's important is that not only did Justice Thomas sign on to the majority opinion, which says nothing in this opinion about abortion extends to any of those cases. He also, in his concurrence, said, I agree with that statement. Nothing in this decision about the Dobbs case, about Roe v. Wade, none of that can be extended to any of these other cases. Now, he has a real issue with substantive due process on which some of these other cases were decided about same-sex marriage and contraception. So he said, you know, at some point we may need to revisit those issues, but it was in the caveat that this case is not going to be the vehicle to provide any authority to do that. So he's certainly an outlier. He got no one else to sign onto that concurrence. Um, so I would not 
see any scenario in which that's going to happen, but I can understand why that language would um, make people worried about that potential scenario. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. With abortion and in the gun ruling that tossed out a concealed carry limit in New York, these decisions are, are galvanizing a push for legislation. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul wants a new rule that essentially says, you know, guns will only be allowed in businesses that hang a sign saying they're welcome. Um, does this create a path for these kinds of issues to get back to the Supreme Court? It's possible, um, but what the court essentially said in that case is, listen, states have a right to license and to permit and to handle, um, you know, guns in the way that they see fit. But the the criteria for deciding whether or not somebody can carry a gun has to be objective. Maybe you make it based on a background check or a certain number of hours of training. Whatever it is, states are free to do that, but they can't say, and then we'll decide which of these permits we think people should get based on a specialized showing of a need for self-defense or something else. Um, So listen, states are going to have plenty of power to regulate how they license and permit guns, but it's just going to have to be objective criteria. And if it's not, there will be more lawsuits. Some observers, especially critics of the court's new conservative majority, say they're ruling more broadly than necessary. And Chief Justice Roberts has even alluded to this issue. Why are the justices making that kind of leap instead of more tailored, narrow decisions? And does that add fuel to arguments that the new majority has a radical agenda? Well, this is why the chief justice has really tried, I think, to wrangle the court to have decisions that are as narrow as possible. Um, He doesn't want the court to make broad sweeping decisions. You saw in the abortion case last week, um, he said that both the dissent and the majority had a a relentless freedom from doubt that he could not share. And he said, essentially, we granted this abortion case to decide this question about the Mississippi law, which bans most abortions after 15 weeks. He said, you know, here's what I would do. I would uphold that law. We don't need to go after Roe. That's not necessary for the rest of this decision. So he's always going to be um, a conservative in this in in the true definition definition uh, you'd find in the dictionary of like wanting to have the most modest, narrow decision on any decision possible. But you've got at least five justices there who are swinging for the fences on some of these issues, and he's simply outvoted there. So um, the conservatives, I think, know that there will be criticism. I mean, these are people who have had protesters outside their homes for weeks. Um, They're used to taking hits uh, on Twitter and the mainstream media. Um, And they're pretty insulated from that kind of stuff. I mean, of course, they need security and they're aware of the threats. Um, But even Justice Alito, in writing that abortion decision, said, you know, it's not for us to decide what the public reaction is going to be to this. I mean, that's not how we do our job. Religious liberty, another big theme this term. Have those rulings largely followed the court's path from recent years or shifted? Well, it's interesting because the case that we saw with the football coach who had the disagreement with the school district about him praying on the field after the games, 
I mean, this has been going on for seven years, the fight over that. And um, even at the court, the two sides didn't agree on what the facts were. Normally, by the time you get to the court, everything is fully briefed. Everybody agrees what the facts are. They just want the, the justices to apply the law. But the two sides didn't even agree on on that, on, on whether this was about prayers with students or prayers by himself silently. Um, but ultimately, you know, the majority there said um, public employees like public school teachers and coaches, there has to be room for them to have, um, you know, expression of their religious faith. The Constitution doesn't say that public employers have to root out any possible expression of religious faith within the workplace or in context with that public position. So um, that seemed like a pretty broad win for advocates of religious liberty. I mean, Justice Sotomayor, if I remember correctly, wrote the dissent there, and she called it not a victory for religious liberty. And she worried about students who she said, you know, they don't have an option to go to school. This teacher had the option to take this job with the potential limitations. Um, But it's the students that we worry about. So, you know, there's a lot of discussion about whether kids felt um, implicit um, or explicit pressure to go and pray with him on the field. You know, I interviewed the coach about this um, when the case was heard back in April, and he said he did have two players over his time as a coach who came to him and said they weren't comfortable with the whole setup. And he said, I actually promoted them to captain status because I thought I want independent thinkers and people who are comfortable in their own skin and and, and can think for themselves. So, um, you know, he insists that there was no pressure and that he didn't take any negative action on kids who didn't participate. Um, But what the court ultimately found is that public employees should have a space for their personal religious um, beliefs to show up in the workplace. Do you think this is one of the areas um, where the court is signaling it's ready to take further action? Because you mentioned that they're they seem like they're hinting they're not going to like rein themselves in in, Mm -hmm. in future terms. Yeah, if you can get five together and, you know, what we saw today, for instance, in the Remain in Mexico case that allowed um, the Biden administration to get rid of that immigration policy. You saw Justice, the Chief Justice Roberts, and you saw Justice Kavanaugh align with the three so-called liberal justices on the court. So we've seen some really interesting um, makeup uh, vote matrices of of these um, various decisions. So they're not always in lockstep, but if the five um, that would be viewed as the most, quote unquote, conservative on the bench stick together, they will have a lot of power power as a voting block. They are going to hear a case in the fall that has to deal with this fight over where religious liberty intersects with anti-discrimination policies for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, A web designer is challenging a law in Colorado that insists she has to make web designs for um, same-sex marriages or um, other issues that that violate her faith, her deeply held um, religious convictions as a Christian. So just by taking that case, I think the court is signaling they're ready to help answer that question better than they did back in the Masterpiece Cake case from a couple years back. If people remember the baker in Colorado who said that he would you know, serve people and do cakes for anybody, but he wouldn't do them for specific ceremonies. In that case, he was asked to do uh, a cake for a same-sex ceremony before marriage was actually same-sex marriage was actually legal there in Colorado. And since then, um, he's had people come by and say they want him to bake cakes about Satan or about gender reveals or things they know clearly he's not going to agree with. So what the court did in that case um, was a partial victory for him, but it really didn't answer those underlying questions of if you're in the public stream of business can you say no to certain customers based on your religious beliefs? So that's a case we're definitely going to be watching for the fall. One other thing, are there other decisions this term that can have an impact on people's lives and should be getting more attention than they have gotten because they were overshadowed by these other big decisions? 
Oh, gosh, my brain is a scramble of everything we've gotten <laughs> in the last week. Um, you know, but, but we always think everybody, somebody's life is touched by every single one of these decisions that come out. And some of the wonkier ones that deal with regulatory issues, um, you know, certainly those are going to impact people in some facet of their life. But, you know, I, we've been so overwhelmed by these blockbuster decisions in, in the final week or so and been so focused on them. Um, they've gotten the, you know, just the, the boatload of um, the attention. I mean, we had a, a death penalty case involving one of the Boston bombers, Jokar Zanayev. You know, there are all kinds of cases that have bubbled out there. Um, but really, when you talk about guns and abortion and religious freedom and executive power, they're going to grab the headlines. Shannon Bream, Fox News chief legal correspondent. Thank you so much for your time. Great to be with you. Happy summer. Happy summer, Shannon. (laughs) Thank you. Hang in there, lady. Thanks, you too. Great to be with you. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Baer Podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Baer favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.